This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU bands everywhere, Monday, November 23rd, Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who looks his best in a bike helmet, Jeremy Jordan. I might need one today because we're about to crash into some interesting topics here. But yesterday during uh, Taysom Hill's first start for the New Orleans Saints, uh, Kyle Collinsworth's older brother, Chris, who also played uh, basketball at BYU, often mistaken for the NBC sports announcer, uh, tweeted, he always looked good in a helmet. Uh, This is a picture of Taysom Hill and Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth on their uh, mission in Australia. Chris was Taysom's trainer. So when Taysom was brand new, Chris was the one who kind of showed him how to be a missionary. That's uh, that's awesome, right? Two BYU athletes. At the time, I believe Taysom is going to head to Stanford. So I credit somewhat Chris Collinsworth with getting Taysom to BYU in the first place. I want Chris Collinsworth to write a book specifically about that period of his life because some crazy things happened to him. And he was companions with Taysom Hill. Yeah, he got stabbed on his mission. This is wild. Yeah, that was that was uh, crazy. Luckily, he was okay. Yeah, we're glad to have him with us. Yeah. And uh, in his words, he said, that picture is an all-time classic. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> nothing dorkier than two missionaries with bike helmets on. I love it. Is. Safety first. You guys know we love that. Yeah. We've got a classic Monday show lineup. Washington calls for BYU. Here we go. Of course, on Pack 12 terms, but the Cougars <laughs> say no. There's so much to unpack with that. Like, you will not unpack more Christmas presents than we will unpack on this show about that subject. What does it all mean? Did BYU duck a game? Or did the Cougars and Athletic Director Tom Homo handle this thing exactly how they should? ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins the show to discuss that. And primarily that because it took over the college football world last night. Plus an unforgettable debut for Taysom Hill as an NFL starting quarterback. And not one, but two BYU Cougars sign NBA deals. Here are your Monday headlines. Multiple reports came out yesterday about talks between BYU football and Washington. ESPN's Kyle Bonagura tweeted, Washington has reached out to BYU about scheduling a game for this week. But so far, BYU has resisted. Sources tell me and at ESPN Rittenberg. Much more coming up in what's trending. But BYU Athletic Director Tom Homer released a statement this morning. Quote, we remain open to exploring options to add football games and have been throughout the season. In that exploration process, there are a variety of factors that need to be considered, including location, prep time for the game, the chance of the game being played, the testing protocols that are in place, and what the game would do for our resume. Oh, that's so juicy. At this point of the season, having played nine games and being nationally ranked, we are involved in discussions for possible matchups with other teams on common open dates for the benefit of both teams. End quote. Much more coming up in What's Trending. Let me add a little sentence to that, and this is totally from my standpoint. It's not all about the Pac-12. BYU boat races North Alabama 66-14 on Saturday and, importantly, hold the number eight position still 
in the latest AP Top 25 poll. In fact, the Cougars received three more voting points this week. BYU scores on six consecutive drives. Zach Wilson, ho-hum, 10 for 16, 212 passing yards, four touchdowns in a half. Backup Baylor Romney, 8 for 10, 65 yards. And how about Tyler Algier in limited action? Ran for a career-high 141 yards and two touchdowns. Earned Jerem Jordan a Y-Factor championship yeah, baby. for the day. Dax Milne led the receivers with 101 yards on four catches. He's pacing for 1,000. Gunnar Romney, spectacular in his two catches. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill won his first career start at quarterback in the NFL, 24-9 over the Falcons. He went 18 of 23 for 233 yards and a team-high 51 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Sione Takitaki had a 50-yard pick six for the Browns in a win against the Eagles. Daniel Sorensen had the game-sealing interception for the Chiefs against the Raiders. Jason and Ben going at it on that one. Jamal Williams had his first TD catch of the season. And Harvey Long, had a career-high 11 tackles for the Jets and a loss to the Chargers. This is arguably the best day for Cougars in the NFL in a long time, maybe ever. It was incredible. And the Jets' feed on Harvey Long specifically was rather hilarious. I'll let you look that up on Twitter. Two former BYU players have signed contracts with NBA teams. Yoli Childs signs an NBA free agent deal with the Washington Wizards. We're still waiting on extra specific terms from that deal. Jake Toulson signs an Exhibit 10 contract with the Utah Jazz. To clarify, Exhibit 10 contracts are one-year contracts for the league's minimum salary. Traditionally, teams use these type of deals to audition a player during training camp while retaining the option to assign that player to the team's G League affiliate if they are waived. So Jake belongs to Good the Jazz yeah. in some fashion at least for a year. Yeah, that's, that's exciting news. Let's go. I'm happy for him. Happy for Yoli. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Washington calling on the Cougars. A Sunday night spectacle of drama across the college football landscape based on a finger-pointing hullabaloo leaked by the Washington Huskies. Let me quote the tweet from at Bruce Feldman last night. Sources. BYU turned down the opportunity to play Washington this coming weekend. UW had reached out yesterday, Saturday, but was told BYU wanted to wait until after the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday to gauge their place. It's off the table. Stuart Mandel replied to Bruce Feldman's tweet with this. See now, this is what ducking looks like. Shots fired at Pete Thamel. Some context on the potential BYU-Washington game. BYU is interested in playing, but only if they can lock in a contract immediately. They are concerned that Pac-12 will make Washington play Utah on Sunday if Arizona State can't play. If we can get a game locked in, we want to play, that being the mindset of BYU. Jerem, there was so much finger-pointing and Twitter grenades being lobbed about last night. Is all of this... A bad look for BYU? Okay, let's break it down. We have to acknowledge something. Zach Wilson wore a headband that changed this conversation. He wore a headband on Saturday during the game, and his helmet was off the whole second half because he didn't play, that says, any team, time, place. Now, his dad, Mike, told me that uh, Lisa made that for him Saturday morning. I do not fault a player for wanting to play and compete. I don't with Zach, but this is not the official sanctioned message of BYU football and athletics. But it's now, the quarterback! Right, he seems like he's in charge, right? BYU TV Sports, Twitter, which I oversee, we put out a tweet that 
had that picture on it. We fanned the flames of that. Yeah, that happened. If, if you only saw the headband and you only heard BYU said no, yeah, BYU looks bad, yes. But it's much more complicated than that. Let's talk about it. Remind me, did BYU have six Power Fives on the schedule prior to the season? Mm, Which yes. I have an issue with. And it's three of those many. were in the Pac-12. Three of those were at Utah week one, at Arizona State week three, at Stanford in game 12. Who's, who canceled these? Was it BYU that canceled them? Oh, wait, it was the Pac-12 who canceled mm. them on August 11th. Mm. BYU has reached out to a number of teams to try and get more games. Several of those are Power 5 teams. Including the Pac-12 after the fact. Well, Pac-12, BYU had Alabama. In fact, the BYU coaching staff was prepping the team for Alabama. They had started preparations for Alabama. Then the SEC said, now we're going to go conference only. Things evolved. Things changed. The Pac-12 started late, right? Um, the latest of any conference. Then, then uh, Power 5 conference. Then now, now, for some reason, why does the Pac-12 get to dictate the terms? BYU wants a contract and a guarantee that they're going to play that game. You know it costs several hundred thousand dollars, right, to, to fly, hotels, all that stuff, prepare that. And then if you didn't play, wait, and it, on Thanksgiving you're going to tell BYU, oh, but we can't do it. Not to mention players are home for Thanksgiving. They took flights on Saturday night after the game, so you got to yes. bring back your team from a Thanksgiving celebration with their families. Reverse the situation and tell me if it sounds silly. Washington's ranked eighth. Mm. Washington has a Heisman Trophy quarterback mm-hmm. candidate mm-hmm. and has enough to make at least a New Year's Six at this point. They do not need to add a non-conference game. BYU calls Washington and says, hey, let's play a game, but it's got to be with our refs, Big 12 refs. It's got to be on BYU TV. And, oh, by the way, if we find someone else uh, on Thursday, we may not even play the game. And you got to come to Provo. Right. Why would Washington ever do that? They wouldn't. Right now, BYU can sincerely look at Washington and say, I'm the captain now. Because BYU is the one that's eighth. And BYU has the Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. And BYU should have enough to get into New Year's Six. Tom Homo's statement is dripping with awesome because he says, variety of factors, location. Yep. Okay, it has to be on the road. Okay. Prep time for the game. We need to know now. You can't, you can't be throwing that out late. One thing to schedule it on December 5th, let alone November 28th. Chance of the game being played. Come on, Thursday you're going to tell us no. Testing protocols. BYU tests less than the Pac-12, but it's a test that's called PCR. The Pac-12 does one PCR a week. They do antigen tests, which have more false positives than any other COVID test. Mm. How about that? And what the game would do for our resume. BYU doesn't need Washington. Washington and the Pac-12 need BYU. BYU is not a placeholder for the Pac-12. I repeat, they are not a temporary friend for the Pac-12. This is the Pac-12 cool kid that says, hey, BYU. Are they the cool kid in college football? They think they are. They think they are clearly because they have outlined these stipulations to play a game. So, yes, they hold themselves in a very high regard, which is now hurting them in an instance like this. BYU is not a placeholder. I'm not going to say, hey, okay, yeah, come hang out with us. Um, you can sit at the cool kids' table for a few days. But um, if our other regular friend comes back, then you can't sit at the table anymore. And but I there's a chance you I could stay. I won't until right before lunch. Yeah. Also, um, <laughs> you're going to have to buy us all lunch and wear what we want you to wear and deal with it. And if you don't like that, then eh, we, we don't want to play the game. They're acting as if you said, you know, they're acting like, as you pointed out, 
BYU has zero leverage in this. BYU has all the leverage. BYU in is this. not a desperate friend in this conversation anymore. Washington wants to play BYU because Washington is one uh, spot out of the AP top 25. They want to get in the running with USC and Oregon to yep. be the Pac-12 beast. Oh, by the way, BYU is ranked higher than any Pac-12 team, and BYU will have played more games at this point than any Pac-12 team will play before bowl season. I'm sorry, why are you dictating these ridiculous terms? And I know that it's not all on Washington because the Pac-12 is an entity, but right, right. conveniently this report gets leaked it's, on a Sunday night from Washington. It's, it's got to be from Washington. You, you'd think, right? Why would BYU offer up this why, information? Why did these negotiations become public? Why? The Pac-12 has had issues with BYU since the 60s. Stanford and Cal has. There's a history there. Yet, I thought we got along, so this is weird. And for, for I, listen, the, the heart of the problem is twofold. On BYU's side, it's the Pac-12 stipulations. On the other side, it's, well, why did your quarterback wear a headband like that then? So I acknowledge that that headband creates a stir. And, again, I acknowledge as running BYU TV Sports Twitter with the team that putting that out there also creates a stir. Right. But the main issue is on this side of it, and we come from the BYU side of it, is, sorry, you don't have the leverage in this conversation. BYU does not need a Pac-12 game. They don't need it. So here's my question now, the actionable item. And some people would argue that BYU does need a Pac-12 game to secure their New Year's Six stats. Or New Year's Six. Mostly people on the West Coast that are in the Pac-12. Right. Well, let's not let the Pac-12 tell us kind of what uh, relevance in New Year's Six and, and college yeah. football playoffs yeah. have to do with things. Because the Pac-12 has not been a player in, in the college football playoff for several years now. It's, I mean, what's the last one? Oregon or something? It's been a minute. I love the Pac-12. I don't want to be anti-Pac-12. I grew up in Pac-12 country most of my life until I moved to Utah, right? I love Oregon and Washington, the states and the team. Like, I don't want this. I love Seattle. I love the Mariners and the Seahawks. I don't, I don't like this conversation, right? But I, I feel like if BYU is 10-0 on December 20th, they're in a New Year's 6 position. Now, does at this point, though, BYU... Because of a lot of this negative PR, what we are saying will not be heard nationally. This is among BYU fans are going to hear this. All, BYU, all, all national people are going to see is the headband and that BYU said no, right? And well, it, it, there, that's are, what na- they're there are national analysts that came to the defense of BYU rather quickly last night, which was encouraging. Right, but a lot of the narrative will be, oh, well, so the headband's not a thing. So let, let's talk about that. Does BYU now need to add a game? It, to offset that, it will depend on what ranking BYU has tomorrow night. Which is exactly what Tom Homo said it will on, depend on that Saturday. Let's see what happens on Tuesday when the college football playoff poll comes out. And then we'll gauge where BYU sits in the national conversation and the college football playoff picture and the New Year's Six picture. Full con- the full uh, conversation you had on Countdown to Kickoff coming up later in the show. So stay around for that. Plus ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the subject. I, I'm wondering, and we'll see tomorrow, like if BYU is higher or let's say lower, lower than ninth, say 10 plus, okay. I would think you need to start to have a more serious conversation there. Again, BYU has been trying to add games all year. Kalani Satake in our conversation Friday, getting ready for the broadcast, he was, he was visibly annoyed which he perce- with what he perceived to be the narrative around BYU's schedule. 
He's like, we've been trying to get to 12 all year. We've been talking with everybody. There's a lot of teams that don't want to play us. We want to add games. That's not the issue. I've had an issue with BYU's schedule being too hard. And then all of a sudden, six P5s go away. BYU has to play who they have to play. BYU's winning by an average of 47 to 14 and undefeated and 9-0. BYU's in a position where they don't need the Pac-12. I'm now wondering if BYU needs to add that game because I think what we're going to see is uh, some negative PR this week based on what just happened. And now BYU's got to consider, okay, do we have to play a Cincinnati or a Marshall or a whatever? I don't know the answer to that. I think it depends on what happens tomorrow night. This is why BYU has an athletic director. To direct what BYU does as a program. The quarterback does not make the decisions. And right. I'm with you. Right. I think it's awesome. Zach Wilson, uh, walk, rock the headband, man. Rock that headband. Send that message. He's a competitor. He wants to play. But you're telling me, seriously, with everything that is potentially at risk and all of the sacrifices BYU would have to make only to not be guaranteed that the game even gets played? Yeah. You're silly. out of your minds. Silly. Oh, jeez. You're out of your minds if you think that BYU is scared. Stop it. I'm not scared of the competition. Stop it. I'm not scared of the competition. I, I like BYU's chances against everybody but, like, four teams in the country. That's it. That, and they would be challenges, right? BYU it's is Alabama, not a Clemson, Ohio State. And uh, Notre Dame and Florida, Texas A&M, maybe like those six. Okay, that that's those would be the real, real, real tough ones. The rest of them, it's like, hey, that's a fair fight. I think let's go. They're not a temporary friend for the Pac-12. Okay, <laughs> you because, already yeah, canceled yeah, three you games. Be, you can be our us. friend, well, and now you what? won't even guarantee this one. There's yeah, a bigger yeah. party that BYU is probably going to get invited to anyway. Yeah. With people that, that actually care about BYU. BYU doesn't need the Pac-12. Pac-12 needs BYU, though. Right now, that is the truth. Our question of the day. Knowing the Pac-12 stipulations and not knowing the college football playoff rankings right now, would you still schedule Washington <laughs> right now? Why? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. TX Colonel in on Twitter. If a girl says, you can take me to prom, you reserve the limo and tux, you pick me up at my place, and I have the right to cancel two days before to go with someone else. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. Thank you. Logic. Uh, Justin Whiting on Twitter. Absolutely play the game. This is our best chance in decades and is so much fun to watch. Let's go. Uh, I, I, yeah, we disagree. No. I, no. If Those... this game were on December 5th, like if Washington said, hey, plays December 5th, BYU well, probably well, says... Okay. Well, if it's guaranteed. If it's guaranteed. That's, that's the thing. Yes. The guaranteed. If, like, okay, I, can you just tell us the game will be played? If it was guaranteed, I feel like they would be playing. Just tell us the game will be played. Exactly. Because that was the open door. And if that, clo- that closed, and so I was like, no. Yeah. Okay, if we commit to this, and I'm going to bring everybody back from Thanksgiving, tell us that we'll actually play the game. Also, mm, I can't do that. BYU's earned the right to say no. BYU's in the top ten. BYU's earned the right to say no. In fact, I kind of love the power play. I who needs who? Yeah. Okay, coming up, grading Taysom Hill's performance yesterday. Plus, ESPN College Football Insider and BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich weighs in on the fallout from this BYU Pac-12 UW scenario. You don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
UAE Basketball's Mark Pope returns tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, with the coach, guest Alex Barcelo, the man talking to Mark right there, and host Greg Rebell on the BYU TV app. It is a basketball week. Cannot wait. A basketball feast, if you will. Indeed. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Frankly, I'm kind of fired up, so I, I need to put these on to make myself feel better about I, everything that's happening. Yeah, I was like, like angry, annoyed, mad last night. I've like smoothed out to like, what the heck? You know, I, I yeah. Anyway, I talked uh, myself back into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots to discuss with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, of course. Uh, I conversed with him earlier this morning, mainly about BYU and Washington, a little bit about the college football playoff rankings coming out tomorrow night. Always the BYU perspective, but always the national perspective. Here's my conversation with Trevor on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Trevor, a lot to unpack, and almost none of it has to do with North Alabama or Taysom Hill, but we'll try and get to that. We'll see. BYU and Washington, a lot of reports came out. Tom Hummel issued a statement. What's your reaction to all of this stuff? As all of this stuff seems completely unnecessary to me. I mean, these are negotiations and and fact-finding, really, that should have gone on behind closed doors at a high level. And until somebody was ready to make an announcement, there should have been no media involvement at all. So I don't know where the leak came from, but wherever it did come from, I hope they had a really good reason because this seems to be creating a whole big dust storm that was absolutely unnecessary. It's reasonable to think that it came from Washington. BYU has not been the one to leak anything relative to this. So let's break it down. Obviously, we need to acknowledge that Zach Wilson's headband certainly is a message that makes it look like, well, BYU said no, so maybe that's not what they think. But Zach Wilson is a player. He wants to play. I don't fault him for that mentality, but that message is being misconstrued with that of perhaps the entire BYU football and BYU athletics aims and missions relative to the schedule. We've got to see what BYU's ranked tomorrow to see if BYU even needs a game, right, Trevor? Yeah, I think this will be something fun to study for the BYU Communications School because this is something that, you know, you got to be on message, right? But I agree with you about Zach Wilson. Players do want to play. That's what they want to do, and so they'll fight to get every game they can get. But there is a bigger picture. Part of it's financial. Uh, there's all kinds of things going on that we don't know about that Tom Holmo does know about. What we do know is that Tom Holmo, over the course of this entire crazy season, has put himself in a position where I think he should be in the running for administrator or athletic director of the year. If there's an award for that, he should be on the finalist list because he has been magnificent in cobbling together uh, this season and putting it in such a position that this team could do what they have done so far. He's been fantastic, and so has the entire athletic department, of keeping the players as safe as possible while also keeping the team on the field. And so right now, I think the people from the outside looking in, they're saying, yeah, play the game. Why not play the game? There are things that are happening behind the scenes that are important to be resolved before it becomes quite as simple as just play the game. And to me, BYU is sitting there like Captain Phillips in the movie saying, hey, I'm the captain now. BYU's the one sitting in eighth. BYU's the, the team with the Heisman quarterback. BYU's the team in, con- in control. The Pac-12 needs BYU more than BYU needs the Pac-12. So I don't know why this game would happen in the first place, but uh, it's, it's a negative PR move against BYU. And I wonder if BYU needs to schedule a game to offset this. Well, this is – see, you said it's a negative PR move against BYU is what you just said. And certainly, it, it seems like that on one end, right. which to me is another one of those things that's weird to me because if it did come from Washington, maybe it came from the, the athletic administration or coaching staff, 
Maybe it was just a maintenance worker walking by an open door and overheard something on the phone. I mean, I, I don't want to point a finger. <laughs> but if it was somebody in a position of power at Washington, why would it be helpful to make themselves seem untrustworthy to BYU now? And to other people, by the way, looking in that would think they would have a confidential conversation and all of a sudden it might be leaked to the press before everything is ready to go. Now, I'm not blaming Washington for that. It's very important because I don't know what happened here. But it seems that it does cast a pretty bad light on whatever the source of this leak might be. And so I, I wish that hadn't happened because I know BYU has had a relationship with Washington for a long time, and I hope something like this doesn't have an effect on it. Yeah, they played last year. They played for a long time. You played in games, you know, against Washington. And we, we have to remember, BYU – had three Pac-12 games scheduled, all on the road, by the way, for BYU, at Utah, at Arizona State, at Stanford. These were all canceled on August 11th, and now the Pac-12 says, okay, if you're going to play a non-conference game against us, it's got to be on our home field with our TV partners, probably our testing protocols, by the way. That didn't make it in uh, one of the reports. But also the fact that uh, if the game, uh, the game could be canceled Thursday because if there are two Pac-12 teams that have games canceled due to COVID issues, they would play. BYU reportedly wanted a guarantee and did not get it, and now BYU looks like the sheepish one? I don't understand why that's the case. If you, and if you only saw the headband and you saw that BYU said no, I could understand why BYU looks like cowards, but it's way more complicated than that. It is, and the thing is, you said BYU seems to be the sheepish one. This whole seems is because somebody called a reporter. Yep. That's why this whole thing seems. It should have been, okay, we're not ready yet. The cake is not baked. Let's wait to make an announcement. If there's no announcement to be made, let's just keep it on the down low. That's the way we do business. So that, that it's a perception problem. It's not a reality yeah. problem. Uh, I would take the other side on the Pac-12, though, and their conditions. I think it's reasonable for the Pac-12 to have the, com- the conditions that they do. They have some of the strictest COVID protocols in all of college football for a good reason. I mean, they weren't going to play at all in the fall. They were going to wait until the spring to see if they could play. And I think it was a compromise on their part to play in the fall. And part of that compromise was to have more strict protocols. Then when they opened it up to possibly going out of conference, which was not part of the original restarting plan, they wanted to make sure that those protocols in terms of all the COVID scenarios were met at their standard. I don't mind that at all. And from a standpoint of only having six conference games, it's reasonable that if somebody does schedule a non-conference game to fill a hole because one team couldn't play because of COVID, if a conference game came up at the last minute, they would want that conference game to be played. Keep in mind the finances of this whole thing. I mean, the you know rich programs all over the country are hurting right now. The University of Tennessee asked their assistant football coaches to take a, a pay cut. The head coach had already taken a pay cut. And eight of the assistants said, no, we're not going to do it. Dabo Sweeney, the head coach at Clemson, was really, I don't want to say the word complaining, but he was sounding off on having to pay $300,000 in travel expenses for a game that didn't happen when they got on the plane, went to Tallahassee and Florida State at the last second said, no, we're not going to do it because one of your guys just got a positive test back, right? Which wasn't back before they got on the plane and came down there. Dabble talked a lot about the $300,000. So I get it that the Pac-12, if they can schedule a, a makeup game, would want to have two Pac-12 teams instead of just one. So, so I, I understand how BYU people feel about that, that that might be draconian. But from their perspective, it's reasonable. And from BYU's perspective, it is also reasonable to hold off on jumping at an opportunity there until they find out all the information and all the ramifications. 
Yeah, along those lines. So if BYU were to travel to Washington, it's probably, what, several hundred thousand dollars. Tom Homo just mentioned, uh, what, Friday night in a video posted on social media that by the end of the uh, 2021 season, BYU will probably lose $20 bucks. They're asking for donations. They've already had at least 200000 So why would BYU agree to a non-guaranteed game where they may prepare to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars as well? Well, that's part of the problem. And so these are all things that Tom Homo was having to juggle. Plus, from a standpoint of, of money, if BYU makes a New Year's Six Bowl as an independent, there's a lot of money there. And it would be a risk if they did something that would expose them to COVID, for example, that would put that at risk. It would be a risk if they were to go and lose a game that would knock them out of it. And so there are all kinds of things that are being juggled right now. I don't know exactly what Tom Homo was thinking and what his, his, his criteria are. But I do know that if BYU can get into a New Year's Six Bowl, it will go a long ways toward helping to ameliorate the financial difficulties that this pandemic has caused them as an independent. Yeah, it's perfect timing. And uh, that exact number of, of how many millions of dollars BYU would get and not have to share with anybody is still highly unknown, but we'll figure it out. Tomorrow night. It's not Spencer money, but it's pretty good. Right. It's not Spencer money. That's exactly right. Uh, Tomorrow night, 7 Eastern on ESPN, we will find out the first ranking that matters. Now, the rankings in the eight people and coaches, those have been fun and nice, but now it's what matters, what will determine what happens with BYU's fate. Trevor, where do you expect BYU to be in the first college football playoff rankings? It depends on what the committee values, and we don't know that yet. We've been looking at BYU in the, you know, eight, nine in that vicinity. There are eight right now in the AP and thinking, well, that's about right. Well, that's assuming that, you know, we are watching the games and we're seeing that BYU is playing like the eighth best team in the country. That's a reasonable assumption. But let's wait and see what the committee thinks, because the committee also throws things into it, like strength of schedule and strength of record. And there are things that are important to them. Uh, the, the dozen or so members will have different criteria that are important, are important to them individually. And so if you look at Miami, who's just behind BYU, you know, their only loss is to Clemson. And Clemson is a team that BYU hadn't played. They haven't taken that risk. And so they may throw that into consideration. They may say that, you know, Cincinnati will stay up there because of scheduling. They may say that BYU has done great, but other teams behind them, maybe with the loss have played a tougher schedule, we're going to put them above BYU. We don't know what the committee will think. So to me, what is less important than where they put BYU right now, to me overall, from a national perspective, is what do they value? If their most important thing in this crazy COVID-shortened season is to look at the tape and see who's best regardless of how many games they played or who they played because that's been a crazy jumble, then BYU has a very good chance to stay in the top eight. So we'll find out tomorrow night exactly what they value. Let's hope they don't look at BYU's schedule and say, oh, no, Power Fives, because guess what? Six of them canceled with BYU. Trevor, we appreciate the time. A lot to unpack this week, and uh, we look forward to chatting next week. Great, and party at Spencer's house. He's got all that money to spend on something. (laughs) Always. You know it, Trevor. Mr. Maddox on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He makes a lot of valid points. An interesting conversation, right, of hearing a BYU guy who also understands the national perspective. So there you go. Okay, coming up, what BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo said Saturday about scheduling that still matters today. You want to know his football scheduling philosophy right now for the remaining opening days? And don't go anywhere. Plus, BYU is back in the black. And Matt Bushman announced it. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Coming up at the top of the hour, Greg Rubel, defense coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, and offense coordinator Jeff Grimes. They'll be on that desk, socially distanced, two at a time, for Coordinator's Corner following show, one Eastern on the BYU TV I hope the first question is, hey, are you guys scared of Washington? <laughs> Mark it down, Greg Rubel. Let's do it. Washington's a wonderful state. That's the last state I lived in prior to Utah. Wonderful. Vancouver. Beautiful, the Northwest. Shout out. Vancouver, man. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation, and it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Taysom Hill goes 18 of 23, 233 yards passing, two rushing touchdowns, 51 yards rushing. A team high, by the way. How would you grade Taysom Hill in his debut as a starter? A B-plus, Jerem. He completed more than 75% of his passes, and it wasn't like dink and dunk. He's chucking it down the field to Michael Thomas. Number 13 had over 100 yards receiving deep down the field. If he hadn't have fumbled, then maybe I give him an A- minus because maybe that leads to more points, a Taysom touchdown pass, and he was a holding penalty away from hooking up with Emmanuel Sanders for a 50-plus yard touchdown pass. I say B+. I go A- minus because it's on a curve. It's his first. Okay. It's not just a okay. regular one, right? Yeah, the fumble uh, hurts a little bit, but... There wasn't a ton more that he could have done really well. The arm punt was kind of weird, like threw it extra. Russell Wilson was like, that thing's high. <laughs> but it was a good performance, man. All right, Taysom Hill obviously stole the day as a former BYU football player, but a bunch of different former BYU Cougars yep. had an amazing day slash night in the NFL. Which non-Taysom player had the best? Sione Takitaki, pick six on Carson Wentz. Jamal Williams had a touchdown catch. Daniel Sorensen, another game-sealing interception against the Raiders. He's a sealer. And Harvey Longy, eight tackles for the New York Jets. It was, as Ed Lamb says, Shone Takitaki. Shone. First takeaway in 25 NFL games, and it's a 50-yard pick six. I texted Adam Amin and said, thanks for mentioning the BYU part of that. It's Shone Takitaki because all of the love he got for his last name, Jerem, every highlight that I watched, whether on (laughs) NFL Network or Fox Sports, CBS, ESPN, it was a Takitaki TD TD. Berman, Berman said, no ticky-tack fouls I here. I love yeah. it. I love it. His name got so much attention, and that was the most exciting play other than what Taysom Hill did. Yeah, pretty awesome. You're always wearing black uniforms for the game on December 12th against San Diego State. Where do the black uniforms rank on your uni rankings? I don't have uniform rankings, so this morning I really had to think about this. So, um, they're, so they're random? They're not uniform? I'm going to put them at number four. I'm more of a traditionalist. Number one for me will always be you work Royal BYU, Blue of course you are. and white. <laughs> In fact, I like the white on white with Royal Blue even better than the black. So, yeah, I'd probably say three or four on my list. What about you? Yeah, it's it's down the line. I, I like it uh, every couple years. I don't want it every season, but I'm glad they're busting it out for the first time in four years. It's fun. It's actually the same jerseys BYU used in 2016. Someone tweeted at Tom Holman and said, Why are you just saying you need money and you did it? And Tom's like, nah, we literally got those out of like some bins. So, yeah. Come on. <laughs> on to basketball. Yoli Child signs with the Washington Wizards. I was channeling my inner Bradley Beal there. Were you? you Asking for gift? more money? No, no. Have you oh. seen that gift? The kid's Which like, one? you stink, Beal. And he stops and goes, <laughs> me? Me? <laughs> Yoli Child signs with Bradley Beal's Washington Wizards. Will he make the 15-man roster, Jerem? That'd be fun. Uh, Jonathan Williams and Rui Hachimura are also on the team. Gun- Gonzaga guys. And they just drafted uh, Dene Adiva, Adia, a lottery pick from Israel, who actually played on the same team as Elijah Brandt, by the way, fun fact. 
I hope so. There's not a ton of forwards, so maybe you can crack in there. I can see Yoli on a two-way contract with the Wizards where he's bouncing back and forth between the G League and has a few games in the league. Yeah, so I'm with you. Like, you look at the roster, and it looks like they need some depth there. It says Yoli can develop into more of a scoring guard and his handles develop and all that well, stuff. Well, small forward, I'm probably yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jake Jolson signs an Exhibit 10 contract with the Utah Jazz. Will we see him in a Jazz uniform in a regular season game? No, but we will see him in a Utah Stars uniform. There you go. I think Jake Toulson will be a member of the Jazz's G League affiliate. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a good chance of that, of course, and uh, we'll see what it means for him later. Time now for Cougars in the rankings, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. You may have noticed that BYU football over the weekend Standing firm at number eight. Three weeks in a row, eight is great for BYU as a top 10 football team. AP number eight, coaches poll number eight, S&P plus number eight. Mm FPI 14 down two spots. The Sagarin, this is where the strength of schedule is starting to affect BYU. The Cougars in at number 16. And the ranking that matters the most is coming out tomorrow night, 7 Eastern on ESPN, the college football playoff ranking. To me, if BYU is 10, 11, 12 plus, 10 plus essentially, they need to seriously look at another game. Who's, who's to say they aren't already on December 5th and they, or no, they are. December when 19th? When Kalani Satake says, right? uh, we're, we're looking at all of the open dates, and you'll hear more from Tom Homel on the open dates in just a few minutes. Yeah. Okay, let's just tease it. Yeah, Tom Homel coming up. Join Countdown to Kickoff and talk to you, Spencer and David Nixon, about scheduling a game up to this point. What do his comments mean? for BYU's likelihood to add an extra game. Let's dig into this. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's basketball season begins this week, three games in four days, starting Wednesday night against... Westminster on BYU TV. Countdown to tip off live at 7.30 Eastern with myself and Tyler Haas and then Dave Blaine Spencer have the game at 8. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on a Monday from Studio B. On Saturday, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo joined me and David Nixon on BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff to discuss really the elephant in the room right now for BYU football, which is scheduling. Keep in mind, this was before the Washington News went public and college football viral last night. Still, Tom's comments are very timely and relevant to why BYU did not take that game. Here's a portion of our conversation with Tom Holmo from Saturday. BYU clearly has, as a football program, their eyes set on a type of bowl game they've never been to, a New Year's Six game, and that comes with significant financial boosting if you are able to qualify for a game like that. How much would qualifying for a game like that help the current situation financially that BYU is in? Well, it would help a lot. The timing could not be more impeccable. I love that. But certainly this year might be a little bit different with the financial ramifications for games because they won't have, they weren't going to be able to fill up those stadiums. So they'll, it'll be less than years past, but it'll be really good for BYU. So this has been kind of a hot topic amongst fans is can BYU schedule more games? And I know I know that you've seen it on Twitter and everywhere else, but how inclined are you to add another game knowing that obviously BYU has a bye week next week and the 5th and the 12th of December. 
Are there any games on your radar? Are you talking to any teams that there's some options there? <laughs> Wouldn't everybody like to know? <laughs> That's why we have you right here, Tom. We got, we got you on set. Yeah, I mean, to, look, you know, ask the hard ones. I think it's really important for everybody to understand that this is a day-to-day affair. Now, I plan into the future a little bit. We, I know my open dates, and people out there know our open dates. So there's a, it's kind of like a boxing match, you know, the first round. You're not going to throw any haymakers. You're just going to kind of look for a shot. And that's what we're doing is we're waiting. We're seeing. There's not a lot of people that are asking right now because everybody's waiting. They want to wait and see. Everybody wants to wait and see how it kind of plays out. But we do have some games. I think one of the things that people see that we said early on, hey, we'll play anybody. We really would have played anyone a, a number of months ago. I think when you get to this point right now where we've scheduled 10 games, you can be a little bit more discriminant about you. Wouldn't, we wouldn't play anybody. But, yeah, if, if there's some games out there that are going to do the two teams well, and it's going to be an advantage for both the teams to play, that would be a really good matchup. Yeah, I think that's the key there is, is it beneficial for both parties to play this game? How will it propel those? And, you know, let's be honest, like BYU pacing for this New Year's Six opportunity, you should feel extra discriminant uh, as, as you try and get to a place that BYU's never been. Well, I think there's factors involved, and one of them is this team. And there's so many people that forget about we got players out there. And, and one of the things that will come down to the players, you know, what are they going to want to do? And everybody, oh, they'll want to play. They'll want to play. It doesn't matter. They want to play every week. Uh, that's not necessarily true. I mean, they have their eyes on this game today. And then they'll listen to their coach. The coaches and the players are really locked in right now. And they'll communicate. And I'll keep in touch with Kalani. And then, you know, this week they'll announce uh, – the, uh, the uh, CP, CFP standings, and then we'll see. That's where everybody will go, oh, here's where everybody else stands. And you'll get a very good snapshot of where it is. Now, they'll change week to week, and it'll change depending on the games and who's there. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question is, is how much will that first college football playoff ranking affect what you want to do with the potential scheduling of a game on November 28th or December 5th or December 19th? I think it has a lot to do with that. So we'll just wait and see. Um, it's possible there will be games that will be open up next week. I, you know, the, the question for <laughs> uh, for our teams are going to be, how quickly would you try to schedule a game? I mean, there's there's people that are putting games together in three or four days. Does, is that good for the teams? I mean, it's a game. They get to play. But, you know, at this point in time, these games are really starting to count. All the, Every single one of these games counts now. As you get down to that point where you don't really get to prepare for a team and you're going to play a team on the road. Or at home, it, there's a lot of factors, and I'm just going to look Kalani in the eye and go, hey, coach, what do the boys want to do? What do you want to do? What's in the best interest of our team right now? And that's what we'll do. And right now, what's in the best interest of the team is to not schedule Washington with all of those Pac-12 parameters and no guarantee of a game if they do agree to it, knowing that on Thursday they can be said, eh, sorry, we can't play anymore. I kind of like the power play that is BYU right now. Typically, BYU needs the Pac-12. Because BYU is an independent, they need more games, right? Um, and that relationship is uh, its not one-for-one, one, right? Like BYU probably needs more Pac-12 involvement, and the Pac-12 needs involvement with BYU. But they, they connect a lot. BYU's had a successful and fruitful Pac-12 relationship for a long time. And uh, I still wish BYU was in that league at some point. 
It has major issues. It has the, it's probably the worst Power 5 league in terms of relevance and finances. But I still want BYU to be in that league at some point. I just think it's a great fit regionally. It is not culturally. Obviously, BYU, as a private Christian institution, has butted heads over time with things, obviously, in the 60s and 70s, which everyone knows about all the way up to this day. But with this particular issue... It is just too much. BYU has the one with the leverage. BYU is the top 10 team. BYU doesn't need the game. Washington needs BYU more than BYU needs Washington right now because they want to get up to the level of USC and Oregon. And by beating BYU, that would do that. And to the level of BYU, Spencer. Washington wants to get to the level of BYU. They want want to be in the New Year's Six conversation. In the top 10 and relevant. Listen, this is a special, unique season. BYU is probably going to go like 7-5 and next year. But... Right now, what BYU is doing is awesome. It's not BYU's fault that six Power 5 games were canceled before the year. So when one team asks when the context and situation has changed and BYU says no, don't forget that three Pac-12 games were canceled. BYU is in a different situation. This is not in a vacuum. You have to look around at what's going on, and BYU does not need this game. Now, maybe tomorrow night, all of a sudden, they need a game like this. We'll see. But I'm guessing that BYU is going to be okay, that they're going to be in the 7, 8, or 9 position in the rankings tomorrow night. Just go with me on this a little bit. There are already several teams and a couple of ranked teams that have openings on December 5th. Not Power 5, I know. So what, SMU and Marshall? UCF is not a ranked team, but right. clearly they carry some type of respect because everyone was lobbing all sorts of respect at Cincinnati after they won that game on the road. Right. Right? It's kind of like Held on at the BYU end. beating yeah. Boise State. Cincinnati winning at UCF was like BYU winning at Boise State. Right. It and was the litmus test on the road. Right. There are going to be more maneuverings based on everything that's happening within the Pac-12, within the SEC right now. The SEC has had several games canceled. Watch out for December 19th, okay? Watch out for what happens on December 19th when the conference championship games are played and the Power Five conferences are still trying to get in another game. If somebody can't play and, I don't know, a Texas A&M pops up or a Florida pops up and they say, hey, we, we want a chance to play in the college football playoff. Is anybody available? Are you saying a game with BYU? On December 19th. Because I, I, I wouldn't want that game. Here's the thing, though. No. If BYU is number seven or number eight in the poll and they play a team that is ranked around them or maybe even a little bit higher than them, then clearly they're showing oh, we're not afraid to play a big game. And would that team, would, would the loser of that game all of a sudden be shoved out of the New Year's Six conversation? BYU would be. If it was the final week yes. and a yes. top ten matchup. Yes. What have you done for me lately? Oh, and you actually played uh, a really hard Close team and, and you lost. Yeah. Close loss? I don't believe that a non-undefeated BYU has a chance in the New Year's Six. I just mm-hmm. don't. The schedule has not been good enough. That's not BYU's fault. You know whose fault it is? Everyone who canceled with BYU, which was eight of those teams. San Diego State and Boise State ended up re-upping with BYU, but it was North Alabama and Houston who stayed originally from the 12. It's Missouri's fault. It's Stanford's fault. So really it's, 10 of the 12 you know teams. I mean? It's their fault. Right. It's 10 of the 12. Yeah. Good well, I guess grief. eight. But uh, yeah, it's, it's complicated. But we'll see if BYU adds a game. Tom Homo has not ruled that out, so let's go. Coming up, rise and shout out to BYU fans in New Orleans. And we didn't perform as well as the BYU football team did on Saturday in relation to our prop picks. But we'll be held accountable next. This is BYU Sports Nation. I know idea BYU played Saturday. BYU Sports Nation's rise and shout out. 
is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. Hey, let's review our prop picks because it was awesome for us on Saturday. Okay, not so much. But going in, Jason had a four-point lead. We took some chances because we're trying to get back in this thing, Jeremy. Again, speak for yourself. <laughs> backfired. Number one, will there be more Zach Wilson rushing touchdowns or Baylor Rami Or headbands passes? that change everything. You and I both said push. <laughs> we both said push. Yeah, yeah. Jason said there would be more Zach Wilson rushing touchdowns. Nope. All three of us were wrong. All three were wrong. Okay, number two, more points scored for BYU in the first and third quarters or second and fourth? Uh, it was second and fourth. You and Jason said first and third. I got that one right. Second quarter was explosive. Yes, it was. Yeah. 28 points alone in that quarter. Yeah, I bumped into Zach. I was like, hey, here's this headband. And you must. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, more Sol J. Mayava Peters pass attempts, Sione Finau TDs, or Baylor Romney TD passes. Jeremy, you said Finau. So did I. Jason said Baylor Romney. Sione didn't really play that much. No, he had all, the right? fumble. And that may have affected how much he did play. Yeah, yeah. Jason wins that by guessing correctly, Baylor. That's cool we involved Jason in this. Number four, over under 55 points, uh, points for BYU. Uh, you and I said over. Jason yeah. under. Jason doesn't believe in the BYU offense. <laughs> uh, 66 <laughs> points. That's an FCS high for the play yeah. yeah. Program worse for uh, North Alabama as well. Allowed? Uh-huh. Number five, more BYU punts or interceptions by the BYU defense. I went push. You said interceptions. Jason said punts. And late in the game, it again, went the way of Jason. Again, he doesn't believe in the BYU offense. Well, he got paid off. <laughs> he was paid off for it this time. So Jason now plus two. Jerem plus two. I go plus one. Jason has a five-point lead over me, a four-point lead over Jerem on the season. Question of the day. Knowing the Pac-12 stipulations and not knowing the college football playoff rankings, would you still schedule Washington right now and why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From R. Nathan Mortensen on Instagram, Pac-12 doesn't realize that BYU doesn't need them. The Pac-12 needs BYU, and their stipulations do not reflect that. There you go. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. The BYU fans at the Saints game featured on the broadcast with a BYU flag. The Saints tweeted this out. David Nixon says, this guy and his kid were on my red-eye flight this morning. He said he booked his tickets last night at 8 o'clock, decided to make it to bring down his boy to taste his first start. Sports! That's pretty cool. Outstanding. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and, of course, Tom Homo for joining us on Countdown to Kickoff. Started Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Jeremiah I am Spencer. Shout-out to Ethan Manumaleuna. Coordinator's Corner, Greg Rebell and Elisa Tuiaki coming up next on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.